0: prayers and this one is make me bold so i wonder if i were to ask you on a scale of one to ten how bold no not bold bold like chris is but bold b-o-l-d how bold you are in sharing your faith i wonder where you would rate yourself on the scale if 10 was being very bold are you an eight or a nine perhaps do you make the most of every opportunity you have to tell people about jesus to talk about your faith Or are you maybe a one or a two, very shy and reticent, cautious about telling people that you're a Christian? Do you think that it's only extroverts, that um, those who are naturally bubbly and chatty and friendly that get to talk about their faith? Or or do you think it's perhaps just for those people who are professional Christians, like missionaries or full-time evangelists or, or church leaders? course we all know people don't we who are very natural about sharing their faith that they'll take any opportunity to talk about Jesus and turn even the most mundane of conversations into an opportunity to talk about their faith and often when we hear them telling us those stories of of those wonderful encounters that they've had we end up feeling quite inadequate or perhaps you're one of those people that's tried before to share your faith and you've been shot down or you've got tongue tied and not been able to say what you wanted to say and so Perhaps you've, you've just given up now and don't try anymore. Well, this month of um, November, we've been praying through our church vision and values um, in our prayer gathering. It, it's been a great opportunity to, to pray about those things. And one of the parts of our church vision is the Great Commission to go into all the world and make disciples found in Matthew 28 We're called to share our faith, to tell people about the forgiveness of sin through the death and resurrection of Jesus. We're called to share the grace of God that we know in our own lives with others. And we've been praying about that. We've also been praying about our values. And one of our our values uh, says, we seek as a church to increasingly be a people ready and proactive in mission, locally and overseas. We seek to be a church Um, increasingly to be a people ready and proactive in mission, locally and overseas. At the core of who we are, CBC as a church, is this desire to be obedient to that command to tell others about Jesus. So it seems that whoever we are, whether we're old or young, whether we're bold or not, whether we're outgoing or shy, introvert, extrovert, a new Christian or a very old Christian, we're commanded to share our faith so I'm thinking that this prayer that we're looking at today, well, it's for all of us, isn't it? Lord, make me bold. So we're going to look at Acts chapter 4 to help us with this dangerous prayer. It's a dangerous but a very important prayer. So to set the scene We we come across Peter and John, who are causing a bit of a stir in the in the area because they they can't stop talking about Jesus. But not only that, they've healed a man who couldn't walk ever since he was born. So they've caused quite a a stir, and as a result, um, a lot of people start to follow Jesus, start to believe in Jesus because of what Peter and, and John are sharing, and so they get thrown into prison. Well, they do get released, and they get released on the condition that they don't talk any more about Jesus. And then they go immediately to uh, find the other believers. So we're going to pick up the story in Acts chapter 4 and verse 23. So if you've um, got, the, got the, um, a Bible there, do turn to Acts chapter 4, verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priest and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nation's rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Did you notice there that they turned to other Christians? Gathering together with other Christians is so important in helping us to stay steady and strong in our faith, especially when we face opposition or when we're seeking to share our faith We were never intended to fly solo. That's why during uh, this time when as a church we're not not able to meet together, we're still making the most of this online opportunity to be together because we need each other. Coming together with other Christians each week helps to remind us of the truth of what we believe, doesn't it? It dispels the influence of the world that's been crowding in on, on us during the week that's been before. And coming together each week, it gives us that opportunity to be strengthened in our faith, ready for living out our faith in a world that doesn't accept it. So as they gather together, the believers then pray together in the light of all that Peter and John shares about what has happened. So let's unpack the prayer together and see what we can learn uh, this morning about how to pray this dangerous prayer, asking God to make us bold like he did Peter and John. So they remind themselves of of, that God is both sovereign and creator. Look again at verse 24. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them. The disciples begin re- by reminding themselves that God is sovereign and God is their creator. If we're asking God to make us bold, it's worth remembering that the, uh, the one who we are asking, the one who we're asking is the one that's in control of everything because he is sovereign. There's absolutely nothing that happens in this universe that is outside of God's influence and control. As king of kings, lord of lords, God has no limitations. He's in control of everything and rules over everything. He has power and authority over nature, earthly kings, history, angels, demons. Psalm 103 puts it beautifully. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all, over everything. Who else would you want to have on your side if you were going to speak for Jesus? Especially when you think of Peter and John with the risk of being put into prison. Who else would they want on their side than the king who rules over all? And one of the ways that they see God's sovereignty is that, and that nothing happens outside of God's control is in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Verse 27, indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen, even in the death of Jesus, or perhaps most clearly in the death of Jesus, we can see God's authority. Although it seemed like Herod and Pontius Pilate um, were responsible for Jesus dying, it was in fact only because God had allowed that to happen. Now, I don't want to get into the tricky water of free will and predestination, but we really do need to get a firm grip on this understanding that God is absolutely in authority. God is sovereign and he is our creator. The disciples see God's authority in creation. Uh, Verse 24 says, doesn't it? You made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them. I love the way Paul puts it in Colossians 1. He says, for in him, in God, in Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. How amazing. How amazing that we are called into a relationship with our creator. We are called to be his children, called to speak of his love and his grace. And we can completely trust our creator God because he is sovereign. He is king of kings and Lord of lords. So before the disciples come blundering into God's presence with their situations and the needs that, first of all, they remind themselves of who they are talking to. What a reminder for us. How often do we go charging into God's presence with all of our woes? That's not necessarily wrong, is it? But how often are we so full of all that's going on in our lives, all those difficult conversations, those challenging situations, those overwhelming circumstances that are dominating our thoughts? We forget to stop and remind ourselves of who we are speaking to. If you are feeling overwhelmed by circumstances or situations this morning, why not spend some time with God, reminding yourself and speaking out to God, who he is, sovereign, in control, our creator God who loves us. As a Christian, this morning, you are a daughter. You are a son of the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are loved and accepted by the creator of the world. You're in the palm of his hand this morning, the one who has all authority and power and dominion over every force in the world. And when the believers get that right view of God, then they pray and start to ask God their request. And if you look in verse 29, they ask, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. What a prayer. Lord, have a look at what is being thrown at us. Help us to see this threat as you see it. When we have God in his right place, everything else seems to take its right place, doesn't it? As we pray for boldness, we need to ask God to see our challenges as he sees them. And then they ask, enable your servants. Here, the the believers recognize that it's only as God enables them as God gives them the strength and the courage they need to speak his word with great boldness, that he will enable them. It's God who enables them and gives them boldness and enables them also to speak and to act in the name of Jesus. I think this is so encouraging for those of us who struggle and feel inadequate at sharing our faith, because it's not about what we have to bring. It's not about our ability to make a great argument, It's not about having a brilliant testimony or having all the answers or having um, to force a conversation. It's about allowing our creator God, our sovereign God of the universe, the one who's spoken life into us, allowing him to speak with boldness and with courage through us. And finally, notice in their prayer that the Holy Spirit is at work. It seems to me that a correct view of God and a correct view of ourselves enables or perhaps allows the Holy Spirit access to dwell and dominate and direct our lives. So if we're willing to pray that prayer, Lord, make me bold, it means we're willing to allow the Holy Spirit access into our lives, allowing the Holy Spirit to fill us to overflowing with a knowledge and a love and an understanding of God that Spills out of us that allows us, enables us to speak boldly and courageously into other people's lives of the love that we've known. Think back to the psalm that Chris read us just a few moments ago in Psalm 138 When I called to you, you answered me. You made me strong and brave. It was God who made him strong and brave. And throughout uh, the Bible, when we come across that word bold, when God makes uh, people bold and courageous, it always, I noticed, is conditional with a promise. And the promise is this, the promise of God's presence. Think of Joshua. He's an obvious example, isn't he? In Joshua 1.9, you know this verse well. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And of course, the Great Commission that we mentioned earlier. Jesus promises disciples, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What an amazing promise to know as we speak boldly that God is with us. So what have we learned from Peter and John about being bold? About how we can live out that vision that we have to be obedient to the Great Commission. About how we can um, live out and fulfil that value to be a people ready and proactive in mission. Well, we need to remember, don't we, who God is, who it is that we serve. Remember Jesus's death and resurrection for us and receive and rely on the, on the Holy Spirit. I've been thinking a lot about Peter this week. Peter, who here in this account in, in Acts seems so fearless, doesn't he, in the face of opposition. He's, he's so full of faith and following Jesus so wholeheartedly. This is the Peter who's seen many people healed, and he's seeing many, many people come to faith. And as I thought about Peter, I, I began to realize that um, in his whole life, Peter will have prayed and experienced all the dangerous prayers that we've been thinking and looking and exploring over the last few weeks. I find that that really encouraging, really encouraging when I look at the boldness of Peter, that he he struggled with the same struggles that you and I. Um, face as we go on our Christian journey. Peter, whose whole story is an honest and helpful example of a life that seeks to say, your will be done. Peter, who by the Holy Spirit declared Jesus to be the Christ, the son of the living God, and knew God awakening him when he preached at Pentecost. Peter, who heard Jesus speak to him, calling him to feed my sheep. Peter, who allowed God to search his heart when he had a vision challenging his prejudice in, uh, in Acts there with Cornelius. Peter, who was completely broken when he remembered the words of Jesus and the cock crowed when Jesus went to the cross. Peter, who had to learn patience, didn't he, many times through his life. But I thought of that time when he sliced off the ear of the soldier and Jesus had to step in and slow him down. And remember Peter who learned humility when Jesus took off his robes and washed his disciples' feet. And here we found this morning Peter who longed to speak boldly about Jesus because he knew Jesus. He knew what a difference Jesus had made in his life. Peter knew what it meant to let God down. Peter knew what it meant to let himself down. He understood his need of a saviour. He understood his need of someone to rescue him from his sin. And he knew that he couldn't do it, however hard he tried by his own efforts. Peter had experienced over and over and over again the lavish grace, the amazing grace of God. Peter knew too, from personal experience, the, the cost that Jesus paid. He he saw his friend Jesus die on a cross. He saw his friend Jesus buried in a tomb. He'd been there, but he'd also seen his friend Jesus alive, having conquered death, having defeated death itself. Peter knew Jesus as his friend, but he also knew Jesus as his saviour. Peter knew personally of the grace of God. So I wonder, do you know Jesus this morning? Do you know his grace? Do you know his love? Have you ever experienced his forgiveness? Have you ever experienced his amazing grace? Do you know that joy of being in a relationship with the sovereign, holy creator God? If you don't, then why not? Why not meet him today? Why not enter into his grace and allow the risen Jesus to reign and rule in your life? Find out what it means to be truly forgiven, to be in a restored relationship with your creator God to know peace and joy and hope, forgiveness that you won't find anywhere else. And if you do know Jesus this morning, if like me, you've known Jesus for a long time, if you've experienced the grace of God, then don't we have the most amazing story to offer? Don't we have the best news ever to, to tell people? So don't we want, like Peter and John and the believers in this prayer, pray this prayer, make us bold, Lord, help us, to share our faith through the power of your spirit, that we might share this amazing story with others. Shall we pray together? Father, creator God, we declare that you are sovereign over our world, over our lives this morning. And we stand in awe of your grace shown to us in the death of your son. Thank you for your grace that has rescued me. Lord, I ask that you will enable me to speak boldly of your grace and love. That this week, each one of us would be ready and willing to take every opportunity to share your love and your grace with others. Holy Spirit, come now and fill us with your power, we pray, to speak about the hope that we have, to speak about the joy that we have, to speak about the peace that we know because we know Jesus. Make us bold, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I remind you that in a moment after we've sung together our next song, that we're going to have opportunity to share. So if you can in the chat, think back about all those different um, dangerous prayers that we've, we've um, explored over the last seven, eight, eight weeks. And uh, think about the one that's really challenged you and perhaps share a testimony on the chat. Um, But now we're going to sing that amazing song. We found, uh, as we've looked back over the last eight weeks, this beautiful thread of God's grace through everything that we've talked about, that amazing grace of God. So we're going to sing about that amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me.